just a reminder that we do have our Patreon, and if you could go and support us, that would be brilliant. It keeps the podcast going, pays all the bills and stuff like that, so it is really, really helpful, and we love everyone who's on there. Thank you very much. Go to patreon.com forward slash HM4AS, the four being the number four, and if you could give us a couple of quid a month, that'd be brilliant. Thank you. Bye. Thank you. This is Good Time Charlie, and you're listening to How Much for a Sleeve. Hello. It's Mick and Lucy from the popular tattoo-based podcast, How Much for a Sleeve, and we'd like to give a few moments over to our new sponsor, DSM Tattoo Machines. Lucy, tell us a bit about them. Well, Mick, DSM Tattoo Machines make exceptional coils and now a new rotary. Tattoo machines, not guns. You can check them out at dsmtattoo.co.uk and don't forget you get 10% off with discount code SLEEVE10. They also make a range of needles. You can find them at lockdownneedle.co.uk. I think they're very nice. Hello, you're listening to How Much for a Sleeve, a podcast about tattooing, hosted by an actual tattooist. Lucy. And an actual knob, Mick Tickner. I took a minute to think about how I was going to introduce myself. You tried to be funny, but you you, you weren't, so you didn't. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm okay. I'm a little on edge. I have an ongoing situation playing out in front of me at the moment. Um, So Elvis... The yeah. it's rolling around on the floor at the moment. Look, all I see is his little white bum. Um, my back in my house, I've got like a back porch with a shitty back door, and then I've got a proper back door into the kitchen. Yeah, but Elvis likes to sit at the shitty back door because there's a little gap under it, and he can see outside because it does go outside. But when I was on the phone a few moments ago, um, I had a little scrabble, and a mouse ran under the gap in the back door. Elvis caught it. And then promptly set it free in my living room. Ah. After injury. Do you know where it, it is? Uh-huh. Yep. It's climbed up the back of my fucking storage heater. And it's gonna it's gonna die there. And just... that is at the back of a as a fucking sideboard. So I'm just watching it now. I was I Do you mean so there's I, no I... access to, to to rescue it? It's just gonna start, sit there and cook. Yeah, well, the, there's, luckily the storage here is off. Oh, so could, I'm hoping flop out. I Elvis have any... could have a nice little mouse kebab for his tea. <laughs> I hope there's been no fumes. But mm. I I looked under the counter, a cat, the sideboard, and it was cowering. So I got a dustpan and brush and was like, come on, little friend. Um, and then he shot up the back of the storage here. And I was like, you fucking little prick. So now Elvis is trying to squeeze down the back of the storage here. I mean, it's there's a 10 mil gap. So he's, pr- he's probably not going to fit there. No. Um, yeah. So that's what's happening right now. And then my muff broke. Yeah. And your car got vandalized yesterday as well, didn't it? <laughs> <laughs> not real life no. vandalized just lol vandalism yeah that was funny i see i made the error of leaving my car at the studio where i volunteered at the tattoo studio uh, for a while where when i went out for um some shopping with grants on a day off and when i got back they'd left lots of lol pictures on it including one of the guys who attends the um 
the music girl studio and um he loves rush and he always requests rush and i always rush the band for, not rush the band the amyl nitrate yeah and, um sympathizer um, or whatever it is um no not that not that you're well informed and not thrush either yeah, not okay. thrush um yeah he loves thrush every time he puts it on i go out for a fag and because i hate rush because he plays it so much so they took a picture of him holding up a picture of danny minogue <laughs> taped him to my windscreen and then put like you know on g boys cars it would say like well like nunu and me bitch yeah. The guy from so I'm sorry, yeah. Nino, if you haven't listened to this. Uh, they put they call they call me wobble chops. So they put wobble chops and then rush over the passenger seat. And the reason for the wobble chops is that next door to our unit is a unit that makes uh camper vans out of transporters, and they've got a dog called Lucy. And the guy was like, Lucy, Lucy, she's this old, <laughs> old brown chocolate lab. Lucy, come on, Wobble Chops. And everyone just turned to look at me and was like, oh. so that's my name. So, yeah, that was funny. Imagine that was if long. your name was Luke at me. <laughs> <laughs> Luke at me. Imagine it. No. We'll get into that we later. We still can't do it. Um, yeah, we will get into that. That's this episode. It is. And I'm still shit. Yeah. <laughs> You're not. I've, um, I've had my first vaccine this week. <gasps> well you know, done. And you know, my fucking that's arm good. kills. It's like. I haven't had any like poorliness, but yeah, fucking arms on its ass. Really? Yeah, like, I can barely move it. I could try to get out of bed this morning. It took ages. I was like flopping around <laughs> like a like a fish. Rubbish. Is that your age? Yeah, but I had the um, I had the the Moderna just, one. What happened so it's there? Just a little, just a little belch. That's fine. Because I'm drinking a tropical IPA. Nice. Yeah, I had the I had the Moderna, Moderna. one. Yeah. Some. Which I didn't know. I didn't know was kicking off in England. I don't know if it's now because the younglings are having it, and there's less yeah. clots and all that shit. But yeah, I'm not you're... informed about yeah. it. But apparently the second one's way way more worse. That's the one that kicks you up the arse. So look forward to that. But mm. you're, um, I see. Grant you're... had his. What did he have? He had Pfizer. Pfizer. Yeah, good one. That. Good one that. Yeah, I, hear I had you're... the Astra. I hear your dad doesn't like the Moderna one. He likes the old fashioned one. Like the Moderna <laughs> one is just going to make you woke and like gay and stuff. You know, and organize, it, it makes you put your pronouns and stuff. So he's not having it. Um, but yeah, it's really fucked. Like, we'll if, also get into that later. It feels, <laughs> your dad, it feels like I've been, like I'm in year four and I've been punched by a bigger boy. Is that what, what Danny's done? Yeah. She's just been giving you a dead arm. Yeah, proper knuckle, knuckle. You know, when you just stick your middle finger knuckle out when you punch <laughs> someone in the arm. You fucking have that little. Fuck. Yeah. Just an update on the mouse situation. Elvis is now just sniffing all the places that the mouse has been, and oh, it's gone back to the storage here. Well, I'm, honestly, what the fuck am I going to do? This is one of the times I think maybe I really should live with Grant because he'd just deal with this. Well, if you if there's no access, how can you deal with it? Put some cheese around it. It was poor. It, it was injured though. When, yeah. uh, when it ran there, it left a little poo stain. Oh, blood. Yeah. No poo. Well, I don't know if there's poo, but blood. Yeah. Poor thing. I know. Once he, this is the perks of living in a field. Once he caught one in the same manner. So maybe I should just not let him out there anymore. Um, and he caught it, ran into the kitchen. I 
screamed, ran out, shut the kitchen door. And when I went back in there a couple of minutes later just to see what happened, it was like there'd been a massacre. Yeah. All my kitchen cupboards and kickboards are white. And it was like Elvis had smeared this bloody mouse all around. Yeah, and I'm no good with blood at all. Just makes even, even little baby mouse blood. Even baby mouse blood. Yeah. Um, I know, it's so sad. I never found it either. Don't does he have a it. collar on? He doesn't, does he? No. Because I think, I don't know if that's, if your cat goes outside, you put a bell on the ting, it yeah. tongs off and the mice goes, yeah, lol, can't, can't catch me because I can <laughs> come in, fat boy. Well, this mouse had obviously gone, oh, what's this? Or maybe it already lives in my house and has come back. What's this? Let's go in here. Oh, fuck. And Elvis is like, yes. But Elvis is, is just a bit shit because he's an indoor mouse. I don't know if that makes him less shit. He he's just put it down mouse. and was like. <laughs> <laughs> this is my indoor mouse. Yeah, he just mouse. caught a cat. He just caught a cat running <laughs> in the house. <laughs> oh, he just, yeah, he just put it down to play with it and then didn't realise that it was just going to fucking bolt. Yeah, I really, I'm no good with stuff like this. I'm an absolute worst. Well, I hope it Get resolves sad. itself. Um, yeah. What, what have you been up to? What have you been tattooing? So you do a massive one on someone's thigh hip of a tiger with all oh, that looked wags. Yes. And my friend calls it a big piece. She goes, did you do nah. a big piece today? And I did that and she texts me. She's like, big piece. Yeah, I did that. I've had a really fun tattoo week. This Today I did a little um, broomstick this morning on this lush lady who's going to have full sleeve of witchy stuff. And then I did, yeah, that, so, that was cute. My sound's probably shit because I'm turning my, my head. Nah. Actually, no, it's not because I haven't got the muff. Yeah. So I'm turning my head away. It doesn't matter. Um, I keep looking, assessing the sit mouse situation. I was just still being shit. And then this afternoon I did a, a David Bowie. Nice. On a guy. That was really fun. Did Aladdin some colour in that. Pardon? Aladdin Sane. The lightning bolt on the face. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm not a big Bowie person. Uh, so, yeah, that, miss, cool. miss I'll, that. Have, I'll have a look <laughs> for that. What about you? How's the house? House is all right. I, um, I've got a rather, rather, uh, I've got a fart story if you want to hear that. Okay. So, I went to Interceptor Tradesman today um, <laughs> to discuss things. <laughs> And um, the sound. I wondered where that's going. <laughs> Intercepted with my big came, piece. I was I was just doing a bit of work, so I, I was sat on. So we've got explode exposed exposed floorboards oh. on the on the downstairs, but there's no so obviously there's no uh, curtains, no obviously no carpet, no wardrobes, no nothing anywhere, no sofas, so it's completely bare. And I I, I farted, and it like just reverberated. Fuck! It sounded like a call to arms. It was like. <laughs> it went on for fucking ages it's amazing i wish i you know isn't that so i wish i'd recorded it but to do that you've got to go around and record all of your farts in case one of them's funny and i'm not prepared to do that it's dedication to the lol yeah. did the tradesman hear this no 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 it was before he before he before um... he entered. So, that's all right he had a uh he had an iron maiden um hoodie on so we became we became friends for a little bit he knew way more than me. So I sort of, oh, yeah, Iron Maiden. And he went, yeah. And he started talking. And I was like, yeah, I wasn't even born then. But... <laughs> cool. Um, so that was a bit awkward. I'm fucking shit. I mean, we spoke about it before, but I'm fucking shit with all that sort of stuff. But they're quite, yeah. I, I feel like because of the way I look, because I'm a bit tubby, bald head, tattoos, they're like, he probably knows a trade that lad. I can't rip him off. <laughs> so I feel like, but then they are also a little bit over familiar and start talking about, them 
meaning brown people and stuff. So it's, um, it's, <laughs> yeah, you have to weigh up the pros and cons with that. Um, and I can't see the moustache either because I've got a mask on because I think that throws them as well. So oh, there's a, there's yeah. A, a moustachioed man is usually a, a, a homosexual in those, yeah. in those lads. So they don't have to, yeah. they don't have to like back against the wall or anything. <laughs> Twats. Um, shall we get our guest on? Yes, this is funny. He's a really nice guy, isn't he? Yeah, lovely, lovely. And we talk about some things in here and I'm not sure how much detail we're going at the time. So we'll say him now. Uh, his name is Dean Coglin. He is a tattooist from Liverpool. He is also a stand-up comedian and he is also a podcaster. And he does two podcasts that are both exceptional. One called the Damn Daniel Podcast, which is just out and out silliness with uh, two of his mates. Uh, really, really funny. Loads of puns, loads and loads of um, guests. Imagine and stuff if your name was. Up. Things like Imagine If Your Name Was. And then you say the thing, which I've done earlier, which I was quite proud of. Um <laughs> And the other one he does called uh, the Mild High Club, which is him and his fiance. They have a little smoke and then chat shit. And that's also really funny. And they come up with some bonkers noise on there. So that is also good fun. So check them out. The Damn Daniel podcast and the Mild High Club. Um, yeah. Should we get him on? Oh, and we did record this when we were still in lockdown. So there's lots oh, of references yeah, to, oh, I hope we can go back to work. Yeah, I think and this then, is. Good job yeah. we did. This is this was recorded in March sometime, so there are still some references yeah. in there. So let's get him on. This is episode 15 of How Much for a Sleeve with Dean Coglin. How much for a sleeve? Today we are joined by tattooer, stand-up comedian, and multi-podcaster Dean Coglin. How are you, mate? Hello, I'm good. Thanks, man. How are you? All We're, good? Yeah, good, thank you. Lucy's here as well. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. We're, I, I'm hoping that Dean's going to teach us how to do a podcast because he's got a bit more experience than we do. I mean, yeah. I try I try my best, but you're doing quite well, to be honest. You've got more followers <laughs> than my podcast on, on Instagram. So <laughs> I don't know how. I think we just, yeah, I don't know. It's a bit of a niche niche market, though, isn't it? Tattooing. Yeah. Like, that's, that's probably why it's going well. It's a great name as well. Like we Everyone were all, says yeah. that. Yeah, yeah we that was mixed. Buzzing off of it, yeah. That was mixed idea. We did like a sort of pilot that we didn't put out. It was just like us chatting. Mm. And we said, oh, we'll do that. And then we'll choose a name out of that. And yeah, it's been a great choice. That was all, yeah. all down and Mick. Yeah, it's good that. It's a good one. Um, how okay. how are you finding lockdown? Um, It's weird because the first one, I just got back to the UK. I'd been in New Zealand. um, So we got home about 10 days before the lockdown started. Um, so it kind of just seen it as like an extension to our holiday do you know what I mean like (laughs) we didn't have jobs because we've been out the country so we were just like come home and just chilling like oh this is soundness just getting to summer but then as it went on and just starts getting tiring doesn't it and I've I've done my my lockdowns the opposite way around I think I think everybody was really productive in the first one whereas I didn't do anything (laughs) and in the second one is when I've been way more productive because we started the podcast and I started another show and just really started getting into it when everything started opening back up again. <laughs> so it's probably, yeah. Total opposite of me. Like, yeah, the first one I was well productive and this one I've just been a slug apart yeah, from the podcast. Yeah, I mean, like when, when you thought it was going to be like 
say six weeks or something, you go, oh, right, I'll smash these next six weeks, do a load of things. But then when it's just like, oh, it's been another six weeks and another six weeks, you're like, what am I even trying for here? Like you're trying to get productive for when it ends, but it's never ending. So like, what are you... (laughs) What are you preparing for? Like, but now I feel a bit panicked. Like we've got, th- hopefully only got three weeks left. And I'm like, mm. shit, I should really do the stuff that I meant to. Or yeah. I, should, I should do some drawing and get ready. <laughs> oh, I, I tried to, I tried to learn all sorts, me. I started learning Japanese, started oh. trying to learn code and, and just give up on all of it at, in the end of it. <laughs> have, you tried, have you tried learning new? Or just... um, I, I learned how to um, edit audio files. Yeah. yeah and yeah. and um and how to how to buy bad microphones and then have to go and buy good ones i was gonna say you've got a good yeah. mic there that's what we this use right, yeah, yeah yeah yeah, yeah on the on the damn daniel podcast See. that's what we use them for and that oh. show is the bollocks by the way it's it so, it's the, really funny everyone should thing. listen oh yeah, yeah check out is. damn daniel podcast i absolutely love it it's it's my favorite thing to listen to at the moment you've even well changed done. your name haven't you I did. I changed it, <laughs> I changed it back. Oh, right. Okay. Let's say uh, our, our true fans, they're the yeah, ones yeah. that are all changing so, the name on Twitter. So I've, I think I've told Lucy about this. So what it is, is when you hear a word or a, a, a number of words that if you cut them up at the different points, they make a name. Mm. So as an example, the uh, rover, whatever it is that landed on Mars was called Perseverance. So then you yeah. have to imagine if your name was Perseverance. Yeah. Right. So thin, not... thin and crispy. I like. Yeah. That's a good one. So I changed my name to Laura Abiding Citizen. <laughs> Amazing. And I love it. But it's, do you know what the best thing is? Because when you you're doing something else, and there'll be like a I don't know a a football tweet, and they've done one as well, and you think mm. yeah, I don't I don't follow that person, but we're doing the same thing. Talking yeah, about yeah. The same thing with, with with the same gag in it. That's it. We're trying to make a little community of people who don't have the real names on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> who do you do the podcast with? Uh, there's a comedian called Danny McLaughlin. He's a pretty big comedian, considered probably one of the best uh, MCs in the UK. Um, and another lad, James Allen. Um, he's a, a newer comedian like myself. So that it, it's Danny's Danny's podcast and he's just got me and James in for like to to spice it up you know oh um, it's fun it's really fun it's, got, it's starting to make make some moves um as I say no no Instagram followers though yet so if anyone <laughs> yeah. wants to go and follow on Instagram <laughs> go and follow what it. is yeah what is the uh, page damn Daniel pod I think yeah damn Daniel pod so get it followed it is it, and get it listened to because it really is it is hilarious yeah we've had good response from it like it's so it's quite well good uh, when you said you were in you're in new zealand were you out there tattooing or was that holiday? no i uh, i actually took a break from tattooing when i went over there because the couple of months leading up to it i like really overworked myself you know like trying to make money for going mm-hmm. away and uh just burnt out a little bit with it you know I thought oh, I'll use this little trip to have a break. So I had like a six month break from tattoo and, and worked in, in an Irish bar over there, which was good fun. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then when I come back, I jump back into the the old shop I used to work in. So, so really you've had like 18 months off tattooing. Do you still know how to do it? Well, luckily, yeah. I mean, I've got a very willing fiance who lets me 
practice on air. So when, when we come back, I was like, you have to let me do one on you before I, I get any, any clients in. Um, but it went well. So then I booked some people in. <laughs> you started booking people in for the, from the 12th? No, um, only because I don't trust yeah. the Same. government. So I, I can't Same. be bothered booking and rebooking and rebooking again. So I just wait till I know we're definitely allowed open and then yeah. go for that. I think, I think, well, hopefully by the time this comes out, because we're sort of working quite far in advance, but hopefully we'll be back at work if this comes out in like May or June. I really yeah. fucking hope that we're tattooing <laughs> by that oh, point. Oh, no, yeah. Um, I yeah. think hopefully we'll find out on the 5th of April if we can go back and we might listen back to this and go, God. We were so naive, weren't we? <laughs> I know, but I mean, when, when the first one says it's only going to be three weeks and we're still in it, then it's like, it's hard yeah. not to be naive, isn't it? Yeah, that's mm. it. Have, has everyone been really chilled with you about about lockdown and rebooking and stuff? Yeah, well, because, uh, as I say, because of the break I had, and then we got home and we were straight back into lockdown, really, I didn't really have the chance to do too much and, and book people in. So everybody got stuff finished before I left. Oh, that's good. So, yeah. So when I got home, it was just yeah. like still, a couple of people still figuring out that I was even back in the UK. <laughs> I was getting messages going, oh, you home now? And I was like, yeah, yeah, book in. And then we got shut down. So it's <laughs> just, a, <laughs> but luckily I've not really had to mess about with appointments and stuff, you know, just wait till we're fully back open and then yeah. hopefully start getting some work back in. That'd be good. Where do you work? Uh, it's called the Devil's Club in uh, in Liverpool on Stanley Street. It's nice shops, like cool. It. Yeah, got, uh, got quite a lot of lot of people in there. You know, it's it's turned into a. It was originally just three of us, but it's turned into like a shop of like loads of misfit tattoo artists. You know, they come in, someone will do one day a week, and then share stations with other people, and everyone bounces around different shops and that. So it's quite cool. Loads of cool people in there. That's yeah. I really miss that like tattoo studio atmosphere that mm. the social side of it is what i've been missing so much i know it, it's it's nice it's like a if if no one's working it's like a little hangout isn't it it's yeah really enjoyable yeah yeah that's mm. it and for people who don't know um your work what sort of style would you describe it as or what uh, stuff you do i'd say it's mostly traditional stuff um but it's stuck between all different styles really you know because i'm really into japanese but i don't really get to do much of it because yeah. it's not really a massive market for it especially like in liverpool and if anyone does want it they want more like the uh like the neo style neo trad style japanese stuff which yeah i don't really do so i won't be doing them um but japanese <laughs> is what i'd really want to like start pushing I tried to like rebrand myself after the lockdown as like only doing Japanese stuff, but it limits uh, the, what work you can do, isn't it? Yeah. But it's, it's mostly traditional and stuff along those lines. Mm. It's hard, like when you you do sort of end up getting caught in a trap with the stuff that you do, because the more you do, the more you get asked for it. Yeah. And this, I'd like to do a bit more traditional stuff, which is so different to what I am busy with. Mm. But I guess the only way is like draw some designs, put them out, put them out maybe like enticing prices yeah and and then but then also I think about like the way my Instagram looks which is stupid but my Instagrams all only do black work yeah but then if you start putting other stuff in there people are gonna go oh well what does she actually 
do and it's mm. it's complicated i know people have got two separate profiles oh, so like yeah, one yeah. person will have like a black work one and then a traditional one and that works really well yeah so maybe you should do like a, a japanese profile mm, well what I, what I try and do is a uh, I do like free tattoos on my friends for like portfolio pieces, you know, of the things I want to start doing. Oh yeah. So you've got it there, haven't you? That you can show people like I'm capable of this if anyone wants any more of it. <laughs> like, uh, yeah. But I, I work. One of the lads I work with, Craig, Craig Garner. He, uh, he's one of them people who can just do every style. You know, it's really annoying. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> free hands everything on. And like oh can God. do like black and grey portraits and then he'll do like traditional and you're like, go away, will you? Like <laughs> it's, it's so annoying how busy he is and how like how much he can do. I just wish you could do the same, you know, being all round <laughs> like Yeah, that's it. I wish that I could freehand more or freehand it quicker. Cause that would just I think that would limit my workload so much. Mm. So I'm so jealous of anybody that can just like do 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 and then they don't have any of that evening prep. Yeah. Because I think because he's so busy as well, he comes in every day and he's like, "What am I doing today?" And then he just just does it on the fly as well. Like it's just it's just it's sad. So Don't like, like that's not fair. A real <laughs> a real skill to to be able to learn because it's not just as simple as drawing it, is it? It's no, like you don't know like what what shape someone you know we're looking. There might be a, a mole you've got to move it around or anything like that. Mm. You just you know how big someone's leg is when you're putting it around, how's it going to curve and all that shit that I don't really understand. But to just be able to, <laughs> guess, to, to work that out in your brain as you go. Is you just get used to it though, like with with people when you can sort of, you see somebody's skin and you can see how it's going to tattoo straight away and there's certain types of skin that come in and you go, ah, oh, shit. Yeah. Or, or like, or someone comes in and, and you look at their skin and you're like, oh, it's like a calf and you're like, excellent. <laughs> yeah, it's just, I just, you get used to it, I suppose. So what's Liverpool like as a for like a tattoo scene? Because it's I, I've been there a few times and it is a really really like expressive and proud place and yeah. you know uh, people are really proud to be from there and I, it comes across to me in I see more Liverpool tattoos than any other football club twice as many I think they yeah. they are they are everywhere. That's usually because you've got like foreign fans coming over. You know, like we, we get a lot of uh, like Norwegians and that in the shop because tattoos are real expensive over in Norway and that. So they come over here and they get the same for like half the price. But because they've come over to watch the football as well, they're like, it's oh, like I'll get part of the experience. Yeah, yeah. And and it's like a genuine Liverpool tattoo from a genuine Liverpool shop as well. So like, yeah, you get loads in all the time for like wanting stars and you'll never walk alone. And, yeah. and then you've got the Beatles tattoos on top yeah. of them as well, you know? So, yeah. I was yeah. just going to say the only reason I ever want to go to Liverpool is to go to the Beatles Museum. Oh, yeah. Do you know what? I've never been. We'll come up. We'll hang out and we'll go yeah. together. Yeah. We'll, and I'll, I'll try and tell you everything I know about the Beatles. <laughs> I think uh, there's yeah, four of them. They were boys, yeah. men, they had hair. I went to Liverpool and we went to the cavern club is the is mm. that what it's called and there's it's just a replica of the one over the road where the actual cavern club was yeah now an accountants or something i know yeah it's like oh the beatles played in here like no not in this one unfortunately <laughs> they played in, in the, the one tsb the <laughs> yeah. Mm. yeah oh so you do um stand-up comedy as well yeah i do yeah um i've been doing that for about three and a half years now um 
that's a bad good. time for the for the um, pandemic to hit then, isn't it? Because that's when you yeah. just get, you're getting into your stride there, aren't you? Oh, definitely, yeah. Like, my, my plan was to come back from New Zealand and really start, like, smashing right. the gigs over here and then uh, they just all dissolved in front of me. So there was a couple over the summer um, in, like, gardens and pub pub gardens and stuff like that. Like, we've done, I've done a couple of gigs in people's back gardens, like, groups of, like, 20 people that all get, get together, have a barbecue and there'd just be stand-up comedy in the garden, which was... That's a cool idea. It was a weird experience. Like, it was it was good to do just for, like, getting the experience of it, you know, putting you out your comfort zone. Um, and it's a lot harder to make people laugh when there's only, like, 10 people who are all friends and yeah. it's still light outside, you know? <laughs> I suppose, like, one. if you can make eye contact with somebody and they're not laughing, you must just be put off. Yeah. Especially when you're in the house as well. Yeah. You, can't, like, you oh. can't, just, can't just walk off... Yeah, <laughs> it was. It, but it was good though. Like, it was, it was surprisingly better than I thought it was going to be. You know, pulled pulled up to one, and I was like, "Oh, this is going to be awful." This, but they were all on the ale at like twelve o'clock in the afternoon. So it was like, "Oh, this is going to be amazing, isn't it?" Really, and then it turned out to be that good. Like, so. I suppose if they've all if they've all chipped in for it, they're probably going to be a bit more sympathetic than people who are just going to a to a night and paying a five at a seat. Yeah. I mean, do you, you have to be a proper comedy fan if you're going to pay yeah. to have comedians in your garden. Um, but yeah, the pub, the pub, the beer garden gigs were a, a weird one because I think comedy only works in like certain settings, you know, like, uh, like in clubs and stuff, they all have low roofs and stuff yeah. because it like contains the laughter and stuff like that. But when you're outside, it, it just disappears into nowhere. So you feel like, you're not doing as well as you would be right. if you were indoors, but you're doing just the same. It's just you can't hear the laughter as much because you're outside. It's, it's dead strange. Like, <laughs> so I didn't even thought about that. You've got other noises as well, like a bus going down or some people having a row a few gardens up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and planes going Pigeons over and all sorts. Yeah. The <laughs> yeah. Seagulls was a bad one. Like, do you know when seagulls yeah. probably start kicking hold. off? Yeah, yeah, it's like you're getting heckled by seagulls. It's mad. <laughs> How did you even start the comedy? Is it something that you just always wanted to do? Um, no, I hadn't always wanted to do it. I've always been a big fan of stand-up. Um, when I was growing up, I always used to watch different uh, stand-up specials and stuff. Um, but I went to Australia a couple of years ago and there was a comedy club there. And we, we got like these, uh, like a yearly pass. And it was like $35 and you could just go for free. Nice. The whole year, so... A lot of the nights we'd spend at the comedy club and I was sitting watching comedians and like sort of guessing where they were going to be going with the punchlines. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes you get, you guess what they were going to say. And then the whole room starts pissing themselves laughing and you're like, did, did, did no one else see that coming type thing? <laughs> so I was like, oh, maybe I know sort of the ins and outs of writing a joke type thing. Um, and then I was just going on about it for ages and, and my fiance was just like, right, you've either got to do it or stop talking about it because <laughs> I can't be bothered listening to you talking about it anymore. So I, uh, I've done a comedy course in Liverpool. Oh, um, there you go, Mick. Yeah, come hey. down, man. Come do one. It was with, uh, luckily enough, it was with Paul Smith. I don't know if yeah. you, you know of Paul. He's a big Scouse comedian. He's, a lot of his videos have gone viral over Facebook and that because he... Uh, there's a lot of crowd work, you know, speaking to people and ripping the piss out of them, really. 
And uh, it was like a five-week course. You go like every Sunday. And he sort of just like, didn't really teach you how to write jokes, but he'd tell you like, oh, that bit's funny. Work on that. Don't say this, blah, blah, blah. And then after the five weeks, you do a, a gig to a full crowd. But they're a real like supportive crowd because they all know. Yeah this is some people's very first gigs and they don't know what they're doing type thing. Um, so it was the gig after that, that was the real test because it was in a pub and there was like six people and they, some of them weren't really asked that comedy was on. Like they're the toughest ones when, yeah. when you're like interrupting somebody's night because you've got a microphone and they're like, I'm just trying to have a pint with me, mate. And you're like, <laughs> can you try and be quiet, please, mate? And they're like, nah, <laughs> you're in my pub. Like you shut up, you know. So they're they're the real ones that test you. But the comedy course was just a nice way of like getting out, like getting on stage for the first time and getting laughs and being like, oh, I can do this, you know, like, yeah. But then just fell in love with it from then. I was like, yeah, this is, this is something I want to try and do now. The, The Northwest I feel has loads of places where comedians start. And I feel like that's why there's a real, it's like a, there's just loads coming out of those Manchester and, and Liverpool because there's places that I don't know what they're called. Uh, Frog and Bucket is that one yeah. where you can start? And yeah, yeah. You get you you you're on, you're on for free or you're on there's like Tuesday night and there's five people. But they have the uh, the gong shows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. A, a Frog and Bucket and the comedy store, which is good for new comedians, but they can be a bit off-putting if. Yeah. If it's your first ever gig and you're going on and just ten if, seconds later, bong. And you're oh like, yeah, it's horrible. Yeah, they're not fun. I I done a I done a gong show in Stockton on Tees, like two and a half hour drive, and it was the first ever gong I'd ever done. It was in front of about four hundred people, and I went on and done about forty five seconds and got gonged off, and then had to drive home two and a half hours and just went, oh no, I don't think comedy is for me. <laughs> What is that? So they just do they, what happens when they hit the gong? Is it because well, you, you're crap? Yeah, yeah. Basically, you have to <laughs> you have to survive like five minutes just with your material, and people have cards and they hold the cards up, and if all three people hold the cards up, you get kicked off stage. Like um, it's a bit it's a bit rough because sometimes people just love kicking people off, even if they're doing well. And sometimes people will be doing rubbish, and people are too kind to put the cards up so then <laughs> bad people will go through like it's a yeah. it's a real weird way to judge and uh but the tough sometimes you know especially it if it's your first ones knocks the confidence a bit i bet if you if you get a couple of them in a row yeah yeah if you, if you do 30 seconds thinking oh these gigs have been going dead well and then 30 seconds in you're getting kicked off the stage you're like oh maybe I maybe not it, it can be really really entertaining when someone's on their ass yeah i i I used to think it was like terrifying like bombing Mm -hmm. and then and a comedian said to me like oh it's my favorite thing when one of my mates is bombing (laughs) like it's the funnest thing ever and i was like oh no i can't i can't imagine that but now i know what he means and i love it now because i got used to bombing myself yeah because if you don't get used to it i don't think you'll ever get good at comedy if that makes sense yeah because like you have to sort of enjoy the bombing to the point where you're like, I'm having fun here either way, you know? Um, but when you see your mate dying is, it is class. Like, <laughs> do, you, do you like heckle your mates? No, no, I wouldn't heckle them, but you know, like you can just, when you know it's not going well and you're like, Oh, he's having a fucking nightmare here. I, I, I can't <laughs> remember. I can't remember who said it. I think it, I think it might've been Amanda Iannucci 
was saying that the the three best things in the world. This was said in about 1998, but <laughs> uh, were the best thing was when you finally unwrap a new CD when it used to have that cellophane around it. Yeah. The second one was the smell of freshly baked bread, and the third one was watching your best friend fail. Yeah, it is because you know yeah. you're still going to be best friends with them at the end of it, aren't you? It's not like you're going to disown them or anything. So you're not funny enough to be friends with me. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the um in in the the UK, um, comedy revolves around the Edinburgh Festival. What's do you think is going to happen to that? this year is it going on is it virtual or what um I to be honest i don't really know um they might try and put it on just because they missed out last year and i think they lose out on a lot of money because it's a very expensive festival to take part in um but they might leave it to last minute and then and wait and see how everything's going with the coming out of lockdown and stuff like that um it wouldn't surprise me if they put one on uh, just because I know how much, like they didn't cancel last last year's one until like the week yeah. before or something, and everyone was like, "We know it's not going to happen. Just cancel it." And they were like, "No, we just we just hold right. on so we don't lose any money." Type thing. So it probably something will happen up there. Yeah, I reckon. Yeah, are you, are you got anything planned up there? No, I'm. I'm not a. I don't think I'm. I'm Edinburgh ready. Right. Yet I, I, I've I've been up and I've done. I'd done a roast up there, uh, which was quite fun, but that wasn't really like a a, a whole run. It was just one night. Um, I think I'd, I'd I'd go up and do jump on a couple of gigs because there's a lot of like open mics and stuff. But in regards to like going up and taking a show, I'm like years off that. If if ever even doing it, I don't know if it'd be something I'd be into doing because I know it's a, it's a lot of like industry based people when you when you go up there and. It's not necessarily like real comedy audiences yeah. sometimes, like yeah. Just some some people in Jack Wheels trousers with their legs crossed making notes mm, as you're cracking. Yeah, words. yeah, yeah. But uh it's a good a good festival though. If have you ever been? My my dad has a youth or runs a youth theatre group and he takes a show up there with the kids mm. so they can basically see what it's like to be touring actors for a bit. Oh yeah, it's good. Uh, yeah, so I've, I've been up there and gone to support him, and then fannied around and yeah, loads of stuff. And it is it is cool when you get to you're getting to see you know three or four comics in a in an evening. Yeah, some of them are like massive comedians as well, aren't they? Like yeah, you can go just... and see like some of your your favourites, and then you just go and see random stuff that you yeah. really enjoy, and we can go and see absolute car crashes if you don't know what you're going in for oh, as well. We've been to see some. Um, Starship Pinafore, it was called. <laughs> so it was the HMS Pinafore, the Gilbert and Sullivan musical set mm. on the Starship Enterprise. And it was oh, brilliant. <laughs> so they were all operatic singers, but they'd changed the words and stuff. And they'd put loads of effort in, but every time they changed a word to make, make it Star Trek y, they'd all go, Oh, go, yeah, yeah, we got yeah, it. We got yeah. it. Well done. Yeah, no. yeah good job. Yeah. <laughs> Um, that's awful. I go to I go to the McCuckcliffe <laughs> Comedy Festival quite a lot. Oh yeah, and I love that there. It's the it's because everyone who goes there, it's so that um, Edinburgh's on in August, is it? Yeah, and this one's on in May, so it's everyone's got their show sorted, and yeah. they they're trying their Edinburgh show out like a pre-run. Yeah, like, yeah. So you get to and 
some of the stuff I've seen there for the price it cost me is mad. Like I saw Stuart Lee for eight quid, you know, <laughs> like in a, yeah, twenty other people, and it's like you know, paying eight quid to watch Metallica warm up mm. their show. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's that big, and it's and it's amazing. And it, it, I can't remember what it was the Snado Snado Tornado Snowflake tour where he was just reading out his guardian columns and mm. then and then answering to the to the twats and the replies <laughs> yeah but it, i don't it, it that thing that he was doing there turned into a whole two-hour show it's amazing yeah. i got to watch the makings of, of it yeah for, for, yeah it's for, cool for, for pennies it was, it's mm. it's amazing i suppose that leads us have you done any tattoo conventions i've done one um as i say i've never really been like into that side of it i like going to the conventions and stuff mm-hmm. especially when i was first starting um like meeting people and getting tattooed but the idea of tattooing at them i never really liked um i know it's good for getting your, your name out there and stuff but uh, we went and done one um the halloween tattoo bash is it in wolverhampton yeah. um and just I just sat around all weekend doing nothing. I didn't book anyone <laughs> in. I just took stuff down, and then nobody ended up getting tattooed. So I was just like, "Oh, this is sound, isn't it? Like <laughs> a fucking great first experience of a work in a convention." So I was like, "Yeah, I'm probably not going to do any more of these." <laughs> <laughs> I, do, I do like going to them though, and because you get, you know, like I went to a tattoo jam. Is it in Doncaster? Yeah, and Nico Hurtado was there, so it's just weird. It's Walking mad, around isn't it? Doncaster and be like, what the hell is, there's Nico there just chilling, yeah. stood watching him tattoo for a bit. Like, so I think that's a good side of it, like learning and picking bits up from people. But in regards to tattoo, and it seems like a real like stressful environment, really, especially yeah, when you've got like time is. limits on like, oh, the, the, the convention shutting at seven or whatever. And you're like, yeah, I don't, I don't really want to <laughs> rush through this when you know, people have paid good money to. <laughs> I get it. Like when I did my first convention was Brighton, and um, and I was terrified, and I just sort of like put myself in the corner, and we didn't have like masses of room, so I was in the corner, and I just was tattooing my back and to the to the sort of front, and I was just trying to pretend that there was nobody there. <laughs> Every now and then I turn around, there'd just be so many people, and I'd just be like, "Oh my yeah. god, <laughs> it's terrifying." People there it's in nuts. general, or people watching you watching yes. and walking past and stopping yeah. to buy stuff you don't get in you don't people aren't walking past and breathing all on on you when you're in the shop are they mm, yeah not really that's it yeah but, uh, and, it, sort of and people upon. want to ask you questions and <laughs> yeah. stuff as well like if they've been trying to book in with you and things they'll be like oh or just wanting to say hi so mm. you're like constantly trying to split your attention between like being nice to the people that are taking time to come and see you and also yeah like the actual tattoo that you're doing that somebody's paying over the odds for because it's yeah, at a convention. Yeah. <laughs> like but... I, I, if I, um, do you know, like when people go and you've got loads of loads of mates in the industry and they see it as like a big hangout for the weekend, yeah. and that side of it, I'm like, oh yeah, that'd be cool. But I don't yeah. know enough tattooers from around the, the country to like go to a convention and be like, hey, I know everyone. Yeah. Like a lot of people do that, don't they? They go, oh, I know this these guys from this shop know these and then they have the whole weekend like partying and drinking with the mates and that because yeah. we went down it was just like uh two of us and our our girlfriends and we were like don't know anyone here yeah. <laughs> just 
<laughs> sat and went at, at pizza in the hotel room. I was like, well, do we go to bed now? <laughs> Good night. <laughs> that, I remember it being like that. And then there's sort of more, I just end up doing loads of guest spots and yeah. like my Instagram went a bit mad and stuff. And I just like met people that way. So like Brighton when I did that luckily I knew enough people to be like hello hello and it was nice but in the first ones I went down to I would only recognize people by their Instagram so I'd mm. just be like oh my god it's so and so yeah <laughs> like fangirling about everyone but yeah it's weird it's just a it's like a circle I guess like the more conventions you do the more people you meet yeah I, I was always a bit worried of like well me point was proven when in, in the the only one I've done but do you know paying the money to set up and then not doing any work especially if you've got nothing booked in and that because like most of my clients they're all just from around liverpool and no one's going to travel to doncaster to get tattooed by me when on the tuesday after they could just get it done in liverpool (laughs) you know so it's always just like more my um my profile of tattooing was never big enough for me to need to go and do conventions and stuff you know yeah but yeah as I say I think that they're good and they're good for people to do and I just never never gelled with them really um I worked in uh, design for life for a little bit and they put on the Liverpool convention oh yeah so like I worked like at the convention for that which was cool like setting it all up and seeing that side of it which which was a good learning thing as well and um that's a that's a big convention. A lot of a lot of people come down to that one or come up to that one. Did you ever do? Have you ever done Liverpool or? No, no? the only one I've done is Brighton, oh, and yeah. then um, I was meant to do it again last year, and hopefully be doing it in August if it goes ahead. But yeah, yeah I just um, I hadn't I didn't have the minerals to do any, and then Brighton um, sort of came about, and then. I just felt I was like, oh shit, I've really jumped in the deep end with this one. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> it's a big no, convention. Yeah, that Massive. is. <laughs> I was just like surrounded by these amazing tattooists. I was like, fuck, I'm well out of my depth here. But yeah, that's was, what I'd be worried about. It was great. <laughs> like pulling up when you've got a tattoo in between, like, I say, like Nico Hattardo yeah. and that. And you're like, look at his stuff. Don't stop looking at me. <laughs> but everyone was so lush. It was yeah. just, it, I loved it. So I can't wait to get back to Norman to you more. But yeah, that's it, cool. Do you find is it the same with like um like comedy and stuff if you go to Edinburgh like is it is it a different experience if you know more people or oh yeah definitely I mean like it's it's same with just gigging because obviously at, at at the beginning you're just turning up at gigs on your own just like oh yeah I'm on and then you start getting <laughs> to know the open micers and then every now and then you'll do a gig where there's a bigger comedian in. And then you speak to them and then you'll see them on another gig and then you start building your little mates and start doing car shares to gigs and stuff together oh. <laughs> like that, yeah. Um, but that that that's took me more places than tattooing us, like driving all over the place just to do like 10 minutes in Hull and shit <laughs> like that, you know, because it's just what you've got to do to get get good. Like yeah. you, can't, you can't practice it anywhere. You have to go and do it. And if there's no gigs here, you have to go to the next city. And sometimes, as I say, driving to Hull, doing 10 minutes and then going, right, we've got to, got to, got to shoot back home now and <laughs> drive all the way back straight away. But... Those, those car shares, I imagine, probably incorrectly, that is that just really funny or are you not allowed to tell jokes in there because it's annoying? <laughs> um, 
I mean, people, it's it's funny, just like the same way a green room's funny. You would like people won't be trying material. Yeah. I think right. when, pe- when yeah, people, when yeah. people, it's easy to clock on when somebody's starting a joke, and everyone goes, "Hey, cut that out." Like, <laughs> oh, I'll listen to oh, it later. I'll listen to yeah, it. don't be trying them bits on. I was like, you say, going, oh, "Hey, I was at the bus stop the other day," and uh, yeah, hey, stop this now. I know what you're doing. Um, car shows isn't that fun, but sometimes you. Uh, Sometimes you might get lumped in with someone that you're not that much of a fan of just because it's like he's a both on and it makes sense to do the car shares because you're going from the same location. Yeah. And you're like, fuck, I spent two hours in the car with him. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and hopefully, like, hopefully you both do well at the gig because if you, if one of you dies or you both die, it's a very quiet ride home, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I my favorite comedian I'm from Scotland and my favorite comedians are Scottish ones because I think there's like I don't know if it's like in not in jokes but they say stuff you can relate to do you yeah. find the same like with comedy are you do you find like scouse comedians funnier not necessarily funnier um obviously there is like you say that you can relate to say Scottish comedians because you'll know oh if one's from Glasgow certain words they use and places they refer to and stuff like that but i just like i I like all sorts of comedy me i I haven't got i wouldn't say i've got a favorite comedian because everybody's so different in the way that they do it you know like it's hard to pick a favorite one um yeah but yeah i think scotland i think places with accents seem to do a little bit better and like not necessarily saying it's because of the accent but sometimes you'll hear people say say things and you're like, if I said that, I'm pretty sure no one would laugh. <laughs> but yeah. then if they say it with like a, a thick Scottish accent, then you yeah. go, oh, it's funny that. Like it's, it's weird. It's a really weird thing, comedy, like how it works, like and what doesn't work, you know. And Yeah. <laughs> it's like Kevin Bridges. He could just say anything and I would just like wet myself. That's it, yeah. But if you take a, a Kevin Bridges line, and then someone from me, uh, if I said it, it's not going to maybe, be yeah. Well, yeah, maybe like, and you'd go, Oh, yeah, it's funny, but I'm not like properly laughing the way you would, the way he says it, you know, his delivery and that. He's just so, he's just, I guess he's just really dry, isn't he? Really? Yeah. Like, I read his book. I oh, know I listened to it on audiobook actually. Um, and there was one, I don't know what it was, I can't reference it, but it was just laugh out loud funny the whole way through, but it helped that he was narrating it yeah see it might not have been as funny if someone else was reading out you know he's got the audiobooks be your own mate Mm. yeah (laughs) (laughs) and i also think with comedy it it, the way people describe comedians can be so wrong and i I do it all the time i'll send things around so oh you've got to watch this it's really funny and then they'll be they won't because you never do if someone sends you something so you try Mm. and explain it so i i'm a little bit obsessed with, I have been for a couple of years with Spencer Jones. Oh yeah. And someone. Who's that? He's a, he's a very visual comedian. He's um, barely said a word the first um, <laughs> show that I saw him do, but he had, <laughs> he, he'd drawn eyes on ping pong balls and tennis balls and was just turning around and going, and it was sad. And he'd go, Ehh. yeah. yeah. And someone explained <laughs> it to me the way I've just explained it to you. And I was like, I'll be honest, that sounds really shit. <laughs> yeah. I, oh, he's so funny. He wears shoulder pads and he pulls his set and they go up and down. I'm like, what is he fucking? 
children's entertainer that sounds awful went to see it and it's one of the best things i've ever seen yeah and i'm i'll, I'll see him everywhere the yeah. the thing with with stuff like that though is you know if it doesn't work yeah, on a crowd that's, that's what i mean it's like a long 20 minutes in it <laughs> it is but every time i've seen him he just he just walks out and goes <laughs> and everyone's laughing <laughs> yeah. I, don't, I don't know what it is it's the, this thing he's got that some mm. people just have that he doesn't have to do anything and i'm already smiling yeah, he was on, uh, I think it was 8 out of 10 Cats does Countdown with, yeah. with the wobble board. I don't know. He's probably done it live as well. Yeah. Have you seen him do that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got like one of them wobble boards that you stand on for exercise, but he stands on one end, doesn't he? So he's just going <laughs> up and down, like turns it to the max and like you can just see his dick and balls flopping all about <laughs> the place. And it's so funny. Yeah. And he is, was he wearing those like leggings with the white jacket over the top or was he uh, properly? No, he had, yeah, he had leggings on. I think yeah, he needed the leggings for the for the bit. Like, yeah, <laughs> I need to look this guy up, but I don't. Yeah, I don't really seen, know if I should. Um, I oh no, described it great. It's funny. It's funny. <laughs> I'll, send, I'll send you some things. Um, so doing doing the like you said at the start, doing the podcast must have been must have been nice with with everything stopping. If you can't tattoo, you can't get yeah. it at all. So you've you've got another one. Is it is that with your fiance? It is. Yeah. Um, uh, what was that one about? The Mild High Club. Um, it's basically just, we always have chats and that. We like to have a little smoke. Um, and we always find ourselves just crying, laughing to each other. And we thought, you know what? We should like, should we just try and put it out there and see if it, because you can find an audience, I think. Mm-hmm. You know, if you, if you put it out there, you'll find people who gravitate towards you. Um, so we just started filming it and putting it up. And we've had like a, a, quite a decent response to it. Not a massive, like, viewership but it's like a, a little core group of people now who are like fully involved in what we do and that but oh, the first okay. the first one we tried was uh have you heard of blue lotus no oh, it's like a uh, it's like a legal high it's, like, oh, it's literally yeah. just like a blue lotus flower like they used to use it in like ancient egypt and stuff as like a like mix it with wine and have, have parties on it and that <laughs> and uh so we got some of that and our whole first episode was just like, oh, we've got this legal high. We're going to take it and see what happens. So, you know, so it's like a bit of a try and get people to watch type thing. And then what all the did rest. Happen? Not really, to be honest. <laughs> um, I felt a bit, well, what, it was weird because I didn't feel like anything had happened. I felt like chilled out and happy and that. But, and, but one of my friends was like, oh, it's dead funny watching you slowly getting more high. And I was like, oh, I didn't even feel like I was high. Like, so it must have had some sort of effect, you know. But um, I didn't really feel feel anything from it. It's just a bit of a <laughs> bit of a clickbait to try and get some viewers in, you know. <laughs> you won't believe how high we got on this. Yeah, episode. yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's the only way, how... only thing that works at the minute. Isn't it? That's it. You must spend a lot of time doing podcasts then, because do you do two episodes a week with a damn Daniel? Yeah, we do a, a public one on the Patreon episode and then we do the Mild High Club as well. And then I also edit the Damn Daniel ones as well. So I don't even know if I'm going to have time to start tattooing once we're allowed I was to. Gonna you know, say. <laughs> might be doing like one day a month and just book it out, which isn't, isn't too bad, really. You just do one full day a month and then chill for the rest of the month. <laughs> we were talking, I think we're going to do a Patreon and just for like extra footage and stuff like that have you had yeah. a good response with it oh yeah it's good because uh you, you start getting like your little your little core group of followers you know and they all start getting you they, they really get to know you 
and you can offer them like little perks that you don't offer other people. Like we've got a, cause obviously you can do the tiers, but we've got a 20 pound tier that we've done as like a no regrets tier. And we were like, oh, we'll just put this up and see if anyone goes for it. And it's like, if you sign up for five months, you get a free tattoo. Um, and we that's were like, what that's what yeah. Mick said we should do with us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we were like, no one's stupid enough to do this. And there's like 12 people on a signed up. I'm like, fucking hell, I'm gonna have like all my work's gonna be for free soon. Like <laughs> I know that's what I was worried about. <laughs> it's good though, like you know, because if you if you say if you say, oh, it's 20 pounds for six months, it's yeah. kind of like 120 then, isn't it? Yeah. So then it's like you you're not you're not really doing it for free. You're sort of like letting them pay it off monthly, yeah. and yeah. then you do it at the end of it. You know, that was like, <laughs> I guess that gives gives you like a bit of a few coins at the start to buy licenses for things and yeah, uh, I don't know a new microphone or stuff like that. Well, luckily for me, like uh, Danny, he'd already bought all the podcast equipment because he he tried to start one up like a year ago or something, and then didn't really like it, and then. Um, so he already had the full setup, so we didn't have to really fork out any money. But now we're looking at trying to get a studio. So now we need the patrons. So if anyone <laughs> enjoys the Damn Daniel podcast, sign up for uh, <laughs> Patreon. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Like I guess, like I've been lucky because because I don't have a job. Uh, Mick's been the one that does all the hard work and funds it. Yeah, <laughs> so if yeah, I yeah. didn't, if it didn't have Mick, well, we just wouldn't, we, I wouldn't be doing it. Wait, till, um, wait till give, give but, it, give it. You've been working for a, a month. You'll bin me off and pay someone who actually knows what they're doing. <laughs> yeah. What, what are you doing next month, Dean? Uh, oh, I've got no time to do anymore. Me, unfortunately. <laughs> you don't need to do a third podcast. Four, well, four my, episodes a week. I know. My my plan is to try and make enough money so I can pay someone else to do it for me. <laughs> That's what you want to do, innit? Yeah. Like set up a yeah. Patreon, get get some money every month, and then you can pay someone else to edit it, and then you just get to do the fun bit then. That'd be nice. Mm. Mix like, yeah, that'd be nice. Yeah. <laughs> and just sit here and do the lols and then run away. That's it, yeah. <laughs> what do you do, Mick? I make websites. It's, it's incredibly uh, dull. There's nothing. So do you know how to code and stuff like that? I, yeah, I can. I tried to learn that, and it was it's, it's dead hard, isn't it? <laughs> it is, it is. And I, I've, all of my stuff is is i've never been taught properly mm. so I, I project manage most of the stuff but i do my own bits in my spare time but it is i i, I picked it up quite easily and thought oh cool give it two years and i'm still yeah. at the level i was i think uh, right, yeah. first sort of 20 percent of being able to fix things that someone else has broken is fine yeah but well i made like do it yourself cool. yeah i made like a column of text where like one bit was red and one bit was green. And I was like, <laughs> I've nailed this yeah. code and give me a job right now. And then I, when as I soon had as mice... something goes wrong, you're like, yeah. what the fuck have I done here? How do I sort this out? I'm just clueless. I used to think I could code because I had a MySpace and I did it and I changed <laughs> yeah. all the profile in HTML and I was like, oh yeah. That's I was it, like yeah. flashing right in. And, and then they're like, like no, but build MySpace though. And you go, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Imagine yeah. if your name was Build MySpace. Build D MySpace. Yes. Love it. Got one Love in. this. Got one it's in. A bit like being back on Dan Daniel. Love it. I need to think of one. You um, can't think. They just come. Nah, you, you, oh. Honestly, it's... They, they Vas E Lean. See, because Vaz... If Vaz <laughs> was Vaz. a name, it'd work. But it has to be a name. Yeah. You can't just make names up. That's the thing. 
what if I change my name to to Vaseline and then just go see Vaseline. told you it was one <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah take that I know I'm looking I'm looking around the shop now thinking of like what could I yeah no, there's no names coming at me I'll keep thinking it'll come it'll come don't worry <laughs> Maybe this Would is when we find out I'm, there, I'm no. not funny. No, you just do it when you with anything like this. When you get some, so I'm trying to do because you do. There's so many puns on Damn Daniel as well. Yeah, and there's actually bits if you watch the video where you can sort of see if, if two of you are talking, the other one's going. Oh yeah, wait, just running, running <laughs> through. Trying to it's see hard, that. yeah, because you can miss your opportunity to say it yeah. as well, and you can't go. And you oh, go, oh, you, oh. Somebody said something you said two minutes ago. Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah. If I got it now. One. Yeah. <laughs> But a, a good starting point for the names is uh, if anyone says like half an hour, there's Arthur right there. Yeah. So you got uh, Ar- uh, yeah, you had to say that hour. for me to understand that. Yeah. Or Paul. Paul's a good one. Arthur right. can. There we go. There you go. I'm holding up a can. Uh, is Re- Rio's a name, isn't it? Excellent yeah. podcast. Just have, uh, imagine if your name was Rio Tropical. Yeah. Like just, you, you made right that, Yeah, you made it harder than it had to yeah. be. Here's me thinking of like handbag. Yeah, that works. <laughs> that works, yeah. Hand sanitizer. Yeah. yeah. No. You're flying now. That's enough. Yeah, I'm really sure that's, it is. that's enough. I won't be coming <laughs> on your podcast. Yeah, that's enough. <laughs> okay, stop now. Stop it. <laughs> Two stop it, Lucy. <laughs> uh, talking of Arthur, I used to work somewhere and the payroll was by a man who was genuinely called Arthur Day. And that's amazing. It, <laughs> I, f- I felt a bit sorry for him because I never saw him. He was, mm. but apparently in the everyone's that like every time it got got past lunchtime, it'd be like, "Aren't you supposed to be off?" <laughs> every day. <laughs> but was, if you've got a name like that, I also imagine someone like me, like the geezer's in his sixties, mm. I'd go in there and go make the gag, like assuming that no one else in the sixty years of his life oh, has, yeah. ever, has ever made it, and he looked just at you like. Yeah, the third person said that to me today. Really. Just so sick of the shit, man. <laughs> yeah. Here, yeah. You have to just change your name if it got that yeah. bad, wouldn't you? Yeah, just, just, make, just make one out. Give yourself a really cool name. Like yeah. Arthur Blade. <laughs> no one's yeah. taking a piss out of that, are they? No. Like Tim I mean, Allen, then you... his, his real name is Tim Dick. He changed it to Tim Allen. Is it Tim Dick, is it? Yeah. Yeah, his real name is Tim Dick. Oh, yeah. But you would, change, you would change it, wouldn't you? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> definitely. Yeah, for a while... The youngest player who'd ever played for Spurs was someone called Ali Dick, and it was like whenever, whenever like someone was on the bench. Ali Dick, <laughs> Ali Dick for breakfast. Yeah. Thank you very much. <laughs> and, um, so every, every time there you go. Someone... I did one. Did yeah. I do one? Yeah, well, you, I think you've done the opposite it was one. Like point, a reverse, still good. Isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Mick's going to see the sound of that bit there. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. you look at the sound bar, and it would just go whoa. Yeah. <laughs> um, what was I going to say? Apologies. Sorry. Right? Sorry. No. Oh, yeah, that was it. So when Lucy <laughs>, laughs like that, hmm. I, I imagine it's the same with Danny McLaughlin. If you're looking at the audio, you can you can, you can Spikes. see the points where he's laughing. <laughs> mm, and yeah. also the points where he's laying down because he's just chilled for that bit. Yeah, it just he moves the mic so much. I'm like, you need to stop moving the mic, man. It picks up on the audio. He's like, nah, it's fine. But someone commented real. on that, like how much I don't move and how much he moves. I think it's down to tattooing because I like <laughs> used to spending like full I days suppose, yeah. sat not really moving. Yeah. He's, he's all over the place, like lying down, sitting up, you know, like 
doesn't stop moving. You, you can't be doing that tattoo at arm's length. That exactly, yeah. Might yeah. have a little, a little rest. Mm. <laughs> you say that though, that I, I fiddle so much though. Like I have to stop myself. Mix texts me in podcasts before, and I've not seen them till after because <laughs> yeah. he used my phone. Say stop kicking shit. <laughs> I just won't realize. I'm like sitting on my work chair because I have to come to the studio to do it, and I'm like spinning around and like yeah. squeaking up against the bed, and I have to and squeaking on the chair like that, and making fart noises with my jeans. Yeah, and, that's um, what it was, wasn't it? You actually just quoted Kylie Minogue then as well. What? You said I'm spinning around like <laughs> Kylie Minogue. Didn't even get onto it. <laughs> I love her so much. It's subconscious. Yeah. You're a fan I'm surprised of Kylie, it wasn't shared. What was that? Are you, are you a big fan of Kylie? Oh, yeah. Can't you tell? I style myself on her. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like goth Kylie. Goth Kylie yeah. is something we haven't seen. She could currently do that. <laughs> I think yeah, I'm more like goth Cher. Cher's pretty goth anyway, isn't she? She's, She's pretty goth. Yeah. Um, so I volunteer at this place where it's like a, a sort of studio for and people with learning disabilities go there. And on a Monday and Wednesday, we have music days. And it's basically, I think I've spoken about this before, but we all sit around a big table and there's loads of percussion and drums and tambourines and stuff. And everyone chooses songs. Um, and then you just like literally bang along the drums and I left my parting song today because I was there earlier was Cher by Believe. And everyone was like, really? And I was like, yeah, <laughs> I can love Cher. <laughs> I so went down think, a tree. They expect you were going to like do typo negative or Slipknot or something. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I've not unleashed Slipknot on them. I don't know how they'd feel about it. Some of them, some of them there, like there's certain trigger words and stuff. You can't say, <laughs> can't say anything, not can't me. swear. And I said fuck earlier and I was like, oh. I'm sorry to the boy next to you. I was like, I'm sorry. He was like, it's okay. <laughs> so when you pick a song, like, do you, do you play the song or do you yeah. sing it yourself? No, we just play it like on Spotify and play oh, it through okay. a big speaker. Right. Okay. But we've so there's this big fuck off speaker and it plays it so loud, basically just to drown out the drumming. But yeah. I don't know if you've <laughs> listened to any of our past podcasts, but a few weeks ago we spoke to Joe Black. Oh, that's the one I listened to. Oh, like, the the ghost one. Yeah, yeah. So, so Nick had isolated this voice and this noise, then sent it to me, and I'd been talking about it when I went in. So I sent mm. it to one of the guys, and he sent it to the speaker, and he kept playing this <laughs> ghost on repeat on the speaker, and I was like, I hadn't listened to it again because it had freaked me out so much. And listen, it was like reverberating around this studio, and I was just like hands over ears, going like, <laughs> No, shut up, shut up. <laughs> Hand, you, hands we, over ears that's a name there you yeah. go yeah hands over ears see <laughs> you just sneak up on you yeah and if it, it, it not does, for me they're, honestly, they're not sneaking no, up just they fucking will and they will take over your life and you'll be, and you'll hear them and you won't have an outlet for them and you just, you just done another one there will take over your life there you go so <laughs> you're obsessed how do you like... but that's the thing so so they they do and they come in your head and you say so and you want to say it to someone and you're at work and they'll go, what? Yeah. Sorry, don't worry about that. <laughs> yeah. Well, we, when we first started doing it, it was like, Danny was like, oh, I wish we could just do a whole episode of these, but people <laughs> won't enjoy them. And then the more people started getting involved, like the Patreon episode we've just filmed, I've been clipping them up to make them into like a compilation. And it's 20 minutes long. <laughs> honestly, there's about 10 just in this one episode. Like, we just can't stop ourselves now. <laughs> hopefully maybe i'll get the hang of it and then i'll just keep spamming you on instagram with that's ones fine. yeah, yeah that's i'll need i'll need you to tell me they're good otherwise i'll keep going i'll appreciate it but i will be brutally honest if they're not because <laughs> yeah. that's, oh, that's yeah. what happens to me I i'm always that. 
I always yeah. do the bad ones because I uh, <laughs> I feel like sometimes you have to say them out loud to see if they work. But then if they don't work, it's too late then. You know, we've already said it. So. I think you did. Did you do Luco's aid? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that was pop. Yeah, yeah. Was Irish. Irish Luco's aid. Um, I think I haven't got any more questions. Lucy, have you got anything else you want to you wanna ask? No. Do you think... Um... You said no and then is... immediately asked a question. Which... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm still on Luco's aid. I'm still like, just yeah, a few seconds yeah. behind. Yeah. No, there's, um, some, there's some absolute belters in there. <laughs> is, is stand-up your long-term goal? Or do you hope to just sort of do um, tattooing and stand-up at the same time forever? Ideally, yeah. I know this is a, a, a tattoo podcast. but You're right. I, uh, comedy is definitely a, a better option for me, you know, as I... Uh, it's just, I just enjoy it way more now. Now that I've been tattooing for quite a long time, it's been about 10 years. Oh, and I'm wow. like, I'm sort of like, yeah. do you know when you, you, you change your, your path in life and then you're like, oh, I'm kind of done with that now. Like, yeah, I, I love it. I love the industry. I love, like, I, I'd, I'd still go to the tattoo shop that I work in and hang out and that because the people that you meet are all amazing as well. But comedy is just like, Gives gives me something that I can't get from tattooing. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like that's once it. once I've done it, yeah. At the end of the day, like life is fucking short. Mm. And I just don't see the point in wasting your life doing something that you don't love and doesn't bring you happiness. Yeah. So if you have the option and you're in the position to be able to do something that is gonna fulfill you more, why not do it? Be happy. Everyone exactly. should just be happy yeah and then maybe everyone will be nicer <laughs> yeah oh, yeah hopefully um but that maybe. was a good thing about at least um being a tattoo artist for for that long before i got into comedy is i think i've got a very niche like perspective because yeah because tattooing for the most part not as much anymore but it's a pretty niche niche industry uh, yeah. and and wants to do stand-ups also a bit of a niche thing. So I've got both of them combined. So I feel like a bit of a niche personality. So I think <laughs> as I, I, for a while, I didn't speak about tattooing on stage. Um, but when I took the break and stepped back from it, then I started like seeing oh, what was funny about tattooing and like the requests you get from people, you know, like silly requests. Um, and I've also got like one of my legs is blacked out. So I started like getting that out on stage and stuff, and because a lot of a lot of comedians aren't like heavily tattooed, it's like a real shock to people mm. to see it. Whereas I'm like, I know loads of people with, like blacked out arms and yeah stuff like that because you're used to being around them. But when you go out into the normal world, people are like, oh my god, have you seen his leg? Type thing. <laughs> yeah. So I pull it out on stage and like joke about it and like all stuff like that. So I think it's it's give give me a different perspective to go with when it comes to writing material that other people won't have yeah so. definitely i'd be more inclined to go and see somebody that was likely to talk about tattoos yeah and so like, i get a bit like our podcast like our audience is primarily tattooists mm. and because i guess we're the same i don't know why i'm going with that but well, i think i think <laughs> like stand up and tattooing are similar in the groups of people you're in it's like I know loads of people who love tattooing and would talk about it all the time. Mm -hmm. But then there's other people, or it can take one person that doesn't to join that group and you don't talk about it anymore because yeah. they're like, oh, fucking hell. And it's boring for them. I think mm -hmm. stand-up's the same. Like, if, I, if I'm if i going to 
McCunkliffe Festival. Mm. I'm there with people that love stand up and love that stuff. It's pretty much all we talk about. And if we meet yeah. up outside, but some people, and it's like, I don't sort of understand how you can't, but they, people don't like it. And I always assume that everyone likes what I like. And then yeah, yeah. when you start talking, they're like, I don't, you, you, you're just telling me jokes that someone else said. Mm. And losing, <laughs> but if I'm telling, if someone else is telling me that who likes it, I sort of get into the, the, you know, like, I imagine what it would be like to be there. What was the room like? And yeah. shit. And you sort of make a, a scene up in your brain and you see that. And that's where, it, whereas other people just hear you saying some words and going, yeah, it's pretty funny. But yeah, they see it's just like a night out, don't yeah. they? Like they go, oh, we're going to see comedy. And then that's our Saturday night done type thing. Yeah. Have you ever, have you ever thought about doing it yourself? Yeah, I did it when I was at uni. I, I had a, oh, really? like, yeah, like the, the little um, open mic things in the student union, did mm. a couple of them. How did it go? It it was alright, but I think it was mainly because there were, if there were twenty people there, six of them were from my house. Yeah, I think it's harder <laughs> that though. I think they were just being kind to me. Yeah, because what one of my first gigs I done, I was like, like ninety percent of the audience was my friends, <laughs> and I got on stage and went, oh, I speak differently when I'm on stage, and they're gonna know that this isn't how I <laughs> how, how I talk. How do you speak on stage? Well, it's just like you've got to like enunciate and, and slow yeah. it down a little bit more and you have a certain delivery about the way like you you tell the jokes but and I, I clocked it the way I was doing it I was like this isn't how I'd talk to them yeah so so it was a really strange and I couldn't like look at them I had to like look at the three people that weren't people I knew for the whole gig like just ignored them kind of <laughs> really strange thing like it's one of the one things where it's like I'd rather it be a room of people I don't know yeah because you get a more genuine reaction then like, yeah because if it's your mates and that most of the time they'd be like oh it was dead good that and then if it was rubbish behind your back they'd be like oh, sh- <laughs> shit that one <laughs> if it's like 100 people you don't know and they're all loving it then it's like oh it must be working then you know have you ever What's thought so- that, Lucy me? Yeah. No, I'm not funny. Yeah, you are. We should do a live one of these. <laughs> do, do a little bit of stand up before. I guarantee then... you, what would be to what we'd speak about would be my muff and our yeah. cats. Yeah, that's um, all right. As in my muff is in my microphone because my mic. You were talking earlier about your different mics, and mine is like a just literally a big fairy muff that plugs into my phone. <laughs> and and what about up. the microphone? Hey. <laughs> <laughs> and that. Uh, <laughs> And then, so that's what we would we would talk about. But I I said to Mick because I've known Mick for years. Like I always said, when you do stand up, when you stand up. But with Mick, I can text Mick and say, please, can you do Welsh women in Asda buying tampons? And mm-hmm. he'll send me a, just an audio clip of him in that accent. And oh, I always, accents, are you, he's yeah, so good at accents, and I know he'll be embarrassed now that I'm talking about it. But this is an accent-free podcast. I'm rubbish at accents. Please, let's do accents. Okay, can you do accents, Steve? No, 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 no. None. I'm terrible at them. Yeah, I mean, I can try them, but they're not okay, going to be try. good. Let's okay. can let's try. Are we, let's what's it hear. called? Are we, we workshopping this or whatever it's called? Yeah, we're going to workshop. Here we go. I'm coordinating. Um, I can do a really shit Australian accent because. Like, actually, once I met Courtney Act, and she called me a cunt and told me that my accent was shit. Is that true? Yeah, it's a true story. I no, met her at the London Queer Fashion Show. The cunt's like, I, a, like mate over there, though, isn't it? 
it's not not I, offensive if, if I, someone calls you cunt in Australia. I used to work, <laughs> used to work with, a, with a with a Kiwi, and he said, he said, uh, it was like if someone's a cunt, they're a cunt, but if they're all right, they're a good cunt. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, when I was in Australia, someone, one of my, my friends, friends come up and he was like, oh, you're like cunt. And I was like, what? Hang on a minute. What's happening here? Yeah. <laughs> what done wrong here? Some guys front me and he was like, no, it's just how they say mate over there. It's weird. <laughs> don't take well, too I, much offense from it like i think she oh, i don't know if she meant it but i was like oh just here with courtney act what do you think of my accent and she was like oh it doesn't really sound very australian and i was like all oh, right <laughs> i think Thanks. that's quite good that to be honest i Is think that, so as well it's because i used to watch lots of neighbors just me and uh, dr k yeah. is, that your, <laughs> yeah. is that where your love for kylie come from yeah oh it must be yeah. love her oh <laughs> i've just remembered something an accent that you're gonna no, do no 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 it was <laughs> Oh, it was a Yadar joke I saw that was about Danny Minogue. And it was, your dad drinks beer to home and away games on the train and calls himself Canny Minogue. That's amazing. <laughs> I, love it. I love a good Yadar joke. Oh, that's another thing. We're just talking about things that we find funny on your podcast, but uh, there's also something where they... <laughs> Do you know what a Yadar is, Lucy? Like your dad? Yeah, but like there's a specific type of man who is a Yadar. Like he's got... Like, like a beard. Beer drinking. He'll have one of those bulldog tattoos. Yeah, one of those bulldog tattoos. On yeah. Yeah. That doesn't like, doesn't, doesn't agree with homosexuality. They can do what they want. You know what I mean? Nothing to do with mm. me. But, you know, I just don't want yeah. to you know, that sort of. Yeah. On the Dan Daniel podcast, they have a Yadar of the month, which is where someone outs themselves as a dar on youtube or yeah. on twitter by doing something fucking stupid there's a lot of contenders for march <laughs> by the way march has been it's in full swing for dar of the month like <laughs> like uh, can you give us some examples um last month's one i think we had uh might have been piers morgan just because he's general dar of the month he's like he's but, like lord dar isn't he? he's like the king yeah well one one we got tagged in um a guy on Twitter, his name's Ian something. He put a, a gentle reminder that the clocks go back this weekend. I'm going to set mine to 1940 when this country had some balls. Dar of the month contender. Do you know what I mean? People yeah. like was that. that. Was that you, Mick? Yeah, it was me. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I really want to go back to the, the war. Yeah. <laughs> but but men were men then. There was no... I believe, you know, <laughs> None yeah, of this yeah, gender yeah. fluid nonsense. Oh, no, no. The only fluid we had on rationing. Yeah, exactly. The dars then. That's proper dar shelter. What would a what would a, a Scottish dar sound like? Are you asking me? Anyone that's going to volunteer an accent. Oh God, uh, I don't. I can't do the accent, so it just sounds like a scouse dar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, scouse, can he be from Liverpool but just lives in Scotland? <laughs> Like he resides in Scotland. Like just just three miles out of Carlisle, just on the border. Yeah, he's lived there for about 10 years. So he's, he's essentially Scottish, but he's still got the Liverpool accent. I think it's something that a, that a Scottish dar would, would be cross I'm talking about, about Iron Brew, how they changed the recipe. They got shit the shit fucking shake what they're peddling Aldi. <laughs> Pass, cause Iron Brew. Piss water it is. Imagine if you if your name was Ian Brew. <laughs> yeah. There you go. There's another one. They're too. everywhere. I know. I've had <laughs> I've had a tremendous amount of fun. We've kept you for too long. 
Oh, it's all good, man. I'm enjoying myself. It's Thank fine. you so much for, for coming in, uh, having a chat to us. Good luck with all of your ventures and with getting getting back in your tattoo studio, hopefully, next month. Yeah, cheers, guys. So. Um, should try and arrange a, a live, one of these, at a convention or something. I think that'd be that, good. Well, yeah. we were saying, like, we were going to try and do some stuff at Brighton mm. um, in August. Um where we just do like I don't know what we were gonna do really, but something. But yeah, we should do we should do a live. Yeah, yeah, yeah good you, let's talk about it. We could do it. You've got do a little people. special. You can write, write a few little jokes for. I'll do a little ten minute set before you start. Why don't you both do funny things and I'll judge you? Well, let, that can yeah, be the basis. Who's gonna win that? The I mean, I comedian. <laughs> I'm <laughs> not. I'm not a professional, but I would be devastated if I lost. I'll just <laughs> say that. So all I did was just took my cap off and shouted Ed Jones. <laughs> yeah, Ed Jones, man, what a guy. <laughs> all right. Thanks, mate. Oh. That, was loads, that was loads of fun. Good luck with everything. And Cheers, guys. We'll, Thanks a lot. We'll see you soon. Thank you yeah, so man, much. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Cheers.